No matter how early you're up or how late you're running, when you start your day at Speedway, we've got what you need to have a good morning. Always fresh coffee to wake you up, cold drinks and breakfast to keep you going, plus a full tank to get you where you need to go. Crunchy, chewy, swirled, or sprinkled, however you start your day, we've got it to help make your morning a little better. Because when you get off to a better start, you go on to a better day. The convenience stores of Speedway. Wow, how things can change from one week to the next. Hey, hope everybody out there is staying healthy. I know everything is super crazy. We feel disoriented by the COVID-19 virus. It's more important than ever to stay connected and check in with your loved ones. That's why I'm so happy I've got T-Mobile. Listen, T-Mobile isn't just talking the talk. They're taking measures right now to make life easier for everyone by doing the right thing for their customers during this really critical time. For example, T-Mobile has ensured all current customers with data plans have access to unlimited smartphone data on their network for two months. We're all in this together. T-Mobile truly believes that. And while many T-Mobile stores are temporarily closed to help keep customers and employees healthy, they've still got you covered with any help you need. Just check out T-Mobile.com. You can see what stores are still open and how you can manage your account online. Stay safe out there. During congestion, customers using more than 50 gigs a month may notice reduced speeds prioritization. Video typically at 480p, capable device required. And Fanny broke up with me on Instagram. So I said, Excuse me! <laughs> she's pro wrestling's queen of mean. But behind the scenes, she's got a heart of gold and a lifetime of experiences. From no holds barred tales of her relationships and rivalries to conversations with A list superstars, the real Vicky Guerrero is ready to talk. Welcome to Excuse Me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Excuse me! Ladies and gentlemen, happy holidays. It's officially, in my mind anyway, the start to the holiday season. Vicky, I think some people started a few weeks ago, but it's Thanksgiving <laughs> upon us. Go, 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to eat some turkey. <laughs> well, hold on a second, Vicky. Before we get into the meal, before we sit down, let's talk about what we have going on because we wanted to give you guys a very special excuse me this week. Yeah, we have a double feature this week, Jerry. Um, this is this is incredible because not only are we interviewing wrestling superstars, but we also have some people who are um, celebrities and just having um, their support on different acti activism, you know, movements. So I'm really excited to bring on uh, what this first guest, which is whose name is Nikki Bilderback, and she's an yeah. actress. And a writer, producer, uh, oh my gosh, I mean, she's in so many projects, but um, I'm hoping that maybe she'll put me in one of her films, you know? Well, look, she's one of the, in my eyes, one of the queens of the 90s. If you enjoyed 90s, uh, like, teen movies, all those, like, really yeah, memorable. Bring it on, yeah. Clueless, <laughs> bring it on, she, uh, can't hardly wait, the trifecta of cinema excellence if you're a 90s kid. Uh, she's been in all those movies. She hobnobbed with all your favorite 90s stars that were in all those movies as well. And she's still going. Her career is still thriving. We got to talk to her. And you want to talk about 90s excellence. How about Baywatch? How about someone who was in every episode of Baywatch from the beginning to the end? We're talking about Alexandra Paul. Oh, man. She really put impact in my life. You know, she's uh, not only is she beautiful, but she is a health and, and wellness coach. 
and she is known for being arrested many times, which I've never been arrested, but <laughs> she's a strong woman to be arrested well, for so many great causes. <laughs> yeah, let, let's clarify. She did it for good, good reasons. She wasn't robbing her 7-Eleven around the corner or anything. But <laughs> no. What, she's a gutsy activist, and she has gone from being, uh, let's face it, a Baywatch babe to devoting her life to supporting so many causes she believes in. Yeah, she, um, you know, she's expressing to our audience during our conversation about um, taking a look at the video series called Forks Over Knives, which she expresses how vegan eating is really important for everyone to just feel good and, um, you know, take care of the earth and, and to protect the animal rights. And, you know, Jerry, I've even switched to almond milk since we've talked to her. Wow, wow, this is gonna be, clearly a proven impactful conversation and now you guys are going to get to hear it as well like you said it's a double feature it's nikki bilderback it's alexandra paul both of them uh right here on excuse me okay guys we're here we're all here um and vicky uh vicky's yeah. here hello jerry vicky. vicky meet nikki nikki v meet vicky that's gonna be hard to say <laughs> It's, well, it's right. going to be funny because, like, just now when you said Vicky, I was like, wait, did he say Nikki or Vicky? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to come up with nicknames. <laughs> I am so excited that you're on the show today. I, I've been snooping around your Instagram, which I love your page. And you're a woman oh, okay. after my own heart because you're from Texas. You're born and raised. Well, you were raised yes. in Texas. Yes. Oh, wait, are you from Texas? I was born and raised in El Paso, and I live in Houston right now. Oh, stop it. Yes. I so, did not know that. Oh, yeah. see, this was, this was meant to be, because you know us Texans, we're, we're not only loud and proud, but like whenever a Texan meets another Texan, it's like your besties right away. Like, oh, I know. I'll buy you a beer. Yeah, <laughs> friends forever. Friends forever. And I, you, you know, so guys. True. Guys, I wanted to, you know, I, I just kind of made that connection a little while ago, just thinking about it to myself. I, w I had a question to kick things off for both of you, because Vicky, you and I had a conversation when we recorded an earlier episode a couple weeks ago, and it's the first time I ever heard the Texan come out of you. You were yelling <laughs> up a storm. And, and Nikki, you're the same way. I, you know, the, all the times that we've, we've talked and done interviews in the past, I've never really noticed any semblance of an accent. Like for both of you, you've gone through an experience clearly of kind of hiding that accent for, <laughs> for you know, certain aspects of your life, professional reasons or whatever. How tough is it to kind of get rid of the, the Texan in your voice? Uh, you, know, you can never get um, rid of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it comes yeah. out when, it's, I'm, it's when always, I'm angry. <laughs> mine comes out when I'm like kind of like more excitable. So like, let's say if I'm like kind of like worked up about something and not necessarily like, ups, not always upset or like, but if like, I'm, if I'm, I could be frustrated or just literally excitable. And you know, I'm like, now y'all like, and I said, the y'all come out. <laughs> the, it's, it's, it's when that, or if I've had a couple of cocktails, that's when it can come out as well. But um, Amen, sister. yeah, usually just when I'm really, when I'm feeling very like open and free and just, you know, loosey goosey it just kind of comes out but it's not for me since I've been out here in LA for god 26 years um I think it's it was just like an automatic button that I can just turn it on and off and it's not really conscious it's more like I think it's very it's more deep it's it's subconscious it just automatic it's like an automatic 
on and off button. Yeah, I, I agree. When you, you can take the woman out of Texas, but you can't take Texas out of the woman. Exactly. That's the exactly. <laughs> that's the old famous saying. And it's so true. It's very true. And also, Nikki, you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. So you're just stealing my heart today. <laughs> Oh, girl, don't even get, okay, did you watch, oh, the game, the last, oh, Sunday's game, oh, so heartbreaking. I, you know, I, I stopped learning to cheer on, on social media because the backlash is horrible. <laughs> oh, it's so horrible, and I'm like, people, come on, it's like, here you are, you're already feeling down, you're already, like, and what's so disappointing is that, you know, we were 3-0, and we were undefeated before we played the Saints, now, I knew the Saints was going to be a good game, yeah. it was going to be a tough, good game, and you know what, we played both teams played extremely well. Everything was kind of, yeah, there was, there's, there was some, you know, a few bad calls on both sides. It yeah. always happens. You know, it's, it's going to happen. But, like, you know, you had hope, and it was close. It was so such a close, intense, high-stress game. And there was hope. And I'm like, oh, God, are we going to be 4-0? Yeah. And then, you know, and then last Sunday, and then we lost, and that was a disappointment. But at least it was somewhat justified. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least it was close. It was a good game versus last Sunday was just, like, a flat out like wah wah wah. I know, and I, I just I started learning to hold my breath a lot longer during the games. <laughs> I hold my breath too. Oh my god, I totally hold my breath. See, yeah, see, we Jerry, are we're definitely yeah. soul sisters. It's we got this. <laughs> is Gary still on the phone call? Because we're kind of going off on a girl tangent here. <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah, you're going on a girl tangent as you're talking about the Cowboys. That is very 2019. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they they will win it. I mean, I have faith that they'll they'll pull this off. Jerry, do you have anything? I to think ask we'll me? definitely we should win the next few games. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jerry, do you, do you have anything for Nikki before I I start talking my mouth off? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, why, why don't you go ahead, Vicky? Because you guys are getting to know each other. Vicky and I have uh, we go way back. Let's say in our in my previous journalistic uh, efforts. So. Um, <laughs> it, Get it started, I think, Vicky. Yeah, you know, Nikki, I am so honored to have you on the show because I feel like I know you, not because you're from Texas or you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, but my daughters used to watch the movie Bring It On like 10 Aww. times a day. And, and then I started yeah. falling in love with it. And you are just a talented actress, like, and, and Clueless, and especially Bring It On, like, that was such a go-empowering movie for women, like, just to show that they can have confidence. And you were so great. And I, um, how was that experience? I mean, do you miss it? Or is there, you know, do you, are they thinking about doing another one? Or how's that going? Yeah, you know what? With both those movies that you brought up, Bring It On, and, and I think you said, you said Clueless, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Or no? Yeah, yes. okay, yeah. It, and you know what? It's, it's funny because those two movies – well, Clueless, first and foremost, that was the first of the teen genre movies that started that, that brought back that whole genre in the 90s. And, you know, and it kept going for forever, you know. And uh, so that was the first that started it all. And then, you know, so that was sort of iconic in its own way. And with Bring It On, you know, here you have, like, who would have thought a, a movie about cheerleading would have been number one at the box office for, and it was number one for like three weeks straight. Oh, and, I know. And, you know, <laughs> You never, you wouldn't think that a movie about chilling would have been so huge, and it was. It was massive, which, and then it became this other iconic movie, and what's great about both those movies is that they've turned out to be timeless. They're yes. movies that have lasted throughout decades, that no matter how old you are, no matter when you saw it, if you saw them back, you know, if you saw Clueless back in, I think it came out in 95, I believe, or 96, yes, something right. like that, yeah. and then... 
Bring It On came out in 2000. And, you know, no matter if you saw the movie back then, whether you were in high school or in your 20s or 30s, or if you've only just seen it in the last, you know, five years, you know, if you're a parent and you've got kids that have seen it, <laughs> it just has lasted throughout the time. Like, you'd be surprised how many grown men have walked up to me on the street, <laughs> you know, because they have daughters and they're, or they have daughters or they saw it back when they were younger, you know, and they're like, were you and bring it on? Were you, were you that bitchy cheerleader? And bring it? like, they go nuts. It's, it's absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Especially when people talk about spirit fingers, you're like, oh yeah, I, I remember that movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it, they just had so many fun, you know, memorable, um, well, you know, Clueless was, you know, loosely based off of um, Jane Austen's Emma. Uh-huh. And then, you know, Bring It On obviously was just kind of a movie in its own. It was its own special little gem. And, you know, but it's funny when you do two movies that, you know, have a lot of memorable, you know, sayings and quotes that still last to this day. And my friends, believe me, my friends love to embarrass the hell out of me in public. <laughs> like, oh, burr, it's cold. And I'm like, oh, shit. Is that y'all oh come out then, like, right? That's when your text is... Yeah, I'm up. like, y'all shut up. <laughs> y'all shut your mouth. Nikki, Nikki, <laughs> is it true, and I don't remember this, if we talked about this in the past, but is it true that Clueless was actually your first or one of your first roles once you got to Hollywood? Um, it was one, yes. It happened fairly, I mean... When I first moved to LA, I mean, I just graduated high school. I was, you know, barely 18 years old and I had immediately started working. I was very fortunate. I started working, um, you know, I did co-stars on TV show. I did guest stars and then I did, uh, you know, commercials and things like that. But Clueless came within like the first year, year and a half, I moved to LA and that was my very first movie ever and uh, not a bad first movie to get. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And so, Nikki, you're a writer and producer. Um, what, what projects are you working on? Is there anything you're, you're getting, ready to, to, getting ready to release? Yeah, well, you know what's funny about my journey with writing has been, um, it's, it's been long, long coming. It's one of those that, um, for, I mean, I, I used to enjoy creative writing when I was a, when I was a little kid in elementary school, um, but I didn't really think anything of it. I always knew I was going to be an actress. And then when I moved out to Los Angeles, I mean, for years, like, everybody was telling me, you know, you really need to write. You really, you really should write. You should write a movie. You should write TV shows. You should write a book. You know, like everybody kept saying it, whether they were agents or big producers. And I just sort of, you know, kind of blew it off. It just sort of went through one ear and out the other. And, mm-hmm. and cause I had, you know, what I realized is that I had this, this belief that later in life I'd realize was a false belief that, Oh, I had to be a successful actress first before I could be a creator or before I could write my own and create my own content and produce my own stuff and, you know, go on and be a big producer. And, and, and what I realized is, you know, in the last decade with all these, uh, with all the, the, the women, the, the successful women creators out there, like, like I thought about it and I realized, you know, like, okay, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, all these big female actresses that are huge now, yeah. You know, like you have the Amy Schumers and you have, you have Tina Fey and you've got uh, the, the creator, uh, the creator of uh, Britt Marley. She created the OA, mm-hmm. all these, all these actresses that I've been admiring, you know, Kristen Wiig, you know, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. How did they all hit it like so big in the last five, eight, 10 years? And I, what, the one thing they all had in common was is they started off, you know, they got sick of the whole auditioning process and the whatnot, and they actually started creating their own stuff. They wrote their own projects, and that's how they hit it. 
Wow. And so I was like, wait a minute, this is the perfect time for it. With the women empowerment and being, you know, of, of ethnicity, I'm like, I got to hop on this party boat. And so in the only, it's really only been in the last um, year and a half that I, I returned to a pilot script that I actually wrote about my life because I thought, well, heck, you know, an, an Asian white chick from Texas, well, there's got to be something I can do with that, you know, <laughs> and, and all the experiences that I, I have endured throughout the, the, you know, 20 plus years that I've lived out in L.A., mm-hmm. a lot of the racism, a lot of, the, you know, the, the um, adversity and, the, you know, diversity that I've yeah. had to. Yeah. And, and what I've had to conquer um, and, you know, and, and, and make light of it and make fun of it and be like, Hey, but this is also real. This is what really has happened. I think a lot of people don't always realize those inside stories that, um, that at least for me anyway, you know, I think people have always looked at me as just like, you know, this, this actress or this, you know, my friends look at me as a white girl, but like, <laughs> you're like, no, I've had to deal with a lot of racism. I've had to deal with a lot of, you know, assumptions, um, Wow. throughout the throughout everyday experiences that I'm like you know what this needs to be put out there and why not have fun with it as well because I always looked at it comedically even though sometimes it would hit home or be an eye-opener it never really offended me it was more it was an eye-opener like oh it really just expanded my thought process of how I'm viewed by the world and how we need to clear this up and you know and and bring it to light and be like hey people you know, this is how it really is in, in the world. And if you, if you present it in a way that people can relate to and possibly even laugh at, then maybe it'll grab their attention and help start shifting perceptions of it. Yeah. So is that, is that something that's almost getting ready to be released or has it been released yet or where can we find it? I have, I, I finally returned to the pilot. I finished it and I was very lucky because I had, I've got a very hugely successful writer friend of mine that has just written a ton of massively successful movies and, and TV shows and, you know, his shows get picked up and they're amazing. Um, his name is Bert V. Royal and he wrote Easy A and he had a uh, recovery road on, um, you know, on Freeform and he's done all these incredible projects. And, uh, and so now he actually kind of took me under his, under his um, writer wing and, you know, sort of mentored me through the process. And, oh, and wow. so I finally completed that. And, um, and then I turned it into another professional for, you know, more, structural stuff that, um, that, uh, you know, I'm, I need to go back to now and do the little fix ups here and there, but, um, but it's ready to be, uh, to be pitched and, and sold. And, um, so yeah, that's the next step in that process. And of course, you know, find a, an already established producer, ideally, you know, that can uh, yeah. take it to all the studios and networks. And so hopefully, yeah, so the next step is, uh, the, the pitching process and, um, hopefully getting it on. Cause now's a perfect time for it, you know? Yeah. That's um, exciting. They're wanting, yeah, they're wanting women, you know, creators and writers and directors and producers. And they're wanting, um, you know, I, I'm also have the bonus of being of ethnicity and, right. and, you know, um, and Hey, I'm already an established actress. So like, that's a plus. Those are all pluses and bonuses that can only, um, support the, the situation. So yeah, fingers crossed. And, and producing wise, I'm, I'm teaming up with, uh, different, um, veteran producers and, um, starting to get in producing in the movie world because I want, as a producer, I look, I look around in, in the industry and, and, you know, whether they're my friends or whether, you know, I hear stories of, of acquaintances that people, you know, they're struggling with acting or even getting into the room to audition. And these are things that, you know, knock on wood, I'm very blessed that I don't have those issues with just because I've been doing this for so long, you know, I'm already on all the casting directors lists, but like, it's, 
it's challenging for someone who maybe isn't quite as established as an actor to get their fair opportunity for projects, get their fair shot at, you know, reading for a lot of these great roles in TV and film. And, you know, due to the industry having shifted so drastically in the last 10, 15 years with how the casting process works, it's predominantly very political. You know, it's a lot of direct offers or it's been packaging deals or it's been, so it completely X's out a large portion of the audition process where they're waiting on an offer for a star name to go through, but yet they still have to have a casting session. So, you know, you know, a good percentage of the projects that these actors are reading for, you know, they don't really have a fair shot at, unfortunately. And that's, you know, and that's really to nobody's fault. It's not the casting director's fault. It's, it's, it's more has to do with how the industry has been functioning and running. Um, and so it's, so it's, it's been really tough for a lot of actors who don't already have established resumes. And so as a producer, what I want to do is I want to come in and help all those actors out. You know, I, I want to hire raw, real talent and, and yes, of course, do the star names, of course, to help to get the selling point and, you know, to, you know, to get it out there yeah. and get all the, the funding and all that from the business perspective, but all the other supporting bigger roles, you know, I can hopefully, you know, hire my friends who are hugely talented and hire these underrated actors or who have been underrepresented. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I just got signed on to an acting agency here in Houston and the competition is is so strong here. You know, you, you, you go to an audition oh, wow. there's, and there's like, you know, 120 other women, you know, uh, trying to audition for like a, you know, a, a rheumatoid arthritis commercial and you just, but you know, right, and the, right. and the casting director told me, he goes, you remind me of my ex-wife and I didn't like you. You know, and it's those little discriminations. Yeah. You're like, wow, like, yeah. you know, I, he goes, you did great. He goes, I just don't want you because you look like my ex-wife. And I was like, oh, gotcha. Okay. And you just, you See? just, yeah. It's so hard to walk out the door going, son of a biscuit. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. No, it's, it's very true. And you know, it's funny. I was actually just having this conversation with a casting director friend of mine, literally just within the last couple of days. And, and, uh, and she had said, she was like, you know, cause I was telling her that how, you know, I, I get, I get pinned very frequently for guest stars and recurring roles and, and whatnot. And, you know, and, pen, you know, being pinned for it is awesome. Cause you know, it means that you are like basically one of two contenders, like they're yeah. seriously highly considering you, you're up for it, you know, and, and it's exciting and it's good to know. And then I, and then I found out, you know, I didn't get it. The other person got it. And, and so I was just telling her that real quick. And she was like, she was like, yeah, she goes, you know what? She goes, it really, sometimes it, she goes, most of the time it has nothing to do with you. I go, Oh, I know it's not personal. <laughs> she goes, and she was telling me that she had a, she literally had a situation where they had two actresses pinned for a project. And one of the actresses reminded the director of their aunt. And that's why she got the job. Wow. Yeah. There's just a lot of little, so it tiny, literally can little boil things. down to such minor things that we don't even, that, that would never come into our, our thought process, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, you're, I see your resume and I see, um, you just finished Brooklyn nine, nine. Is that correct? That it's coming. Um, yeah. It's already, yeah. And on NBC, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh. I just uh, wrapped a great, great role um, on Brooklyn nine, nine. It airs on NBC, the new season, season seven. Um, we don't have an exact premiere date yet, but it's more than likely will be um, probably January or sometime at the start of 2020. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't, unfortunately, I can't give specific details about my character, 
only because it'd be a spoiler alert because of uh, the, how the previous season had ended and it involved one of the, the lead series regular characters on there. So I can't talk too much specifics, but um, I will be appearing in that. Um, and I'm super excited about it because that was for me a return to um, comedy on television. Cause I, you know, I, I've done a lot of comedy back in the day, but, um, but I hadn't, done comedy lately like I I you know I come from the the one hour procedural episodic world and that's sort of <laughs> yeah. that's you know kind of consumed my career in the last decade or so so it was really nice to return to um the half hour uh comedy tv world um and I had a blast with it and that's a show that's you know a well-oiled machine that the cat the entire cast and we're talking you know has big actors you know Terry yeah. Crews and Andy Samberg and Andre Brower and these people are the most welcoming, kind, hysterical, wonderful human beings you could ever work with. So it was an absolute dream to be on that set. Jerry, we're going to have to have like a watch party and have all of our friends over and say, we know her. Like, we're, we're close. Like, I think, I think we should sell tickets. We should do a marathon. <laughs> bring it on. Can't hardly wait. Anything yes. anyone would know about. You know, Nikki, I just found out today. I didn't even know this. You know, in addition to your gigantic 90s resume that I knew about, you were on the creek. You were on Dawson's Creek. That yes. makes you like a hero. Oh, in my, my gosh. Eyes. I love that show. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah, I actually recurred on Dawson's Creek. Um, I, I did. They, they first introduced my character um, in the second to the last season. And, um, and then I came back during the last season um, as a recurring role. I think I did like a good five or something episodes. Um, and that was another great show to work on. Um, it was such a blast. But that's so funny because... I've got friends who are such, who, who I guess they're called Creekers or something. I don't know what they call them, but they're big, they're big Creeker fans, Creekers, whatever. And, uh, and they, um, you know, they go ballistic over it. And it's, it's just, it's, it's so, show. it's so much fun, but it, it's, it's hysterical to me. I'm like, my God, that was so long ago. Do, do, do they call it, do they actually call it the Creek or, or is that just the, or some, I, Yeah. I, I, I believe from my understanding, from what I hear from, you know, the, the, the creek, the creekers that it's, you know, the creek. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I mean, literally, right, these, these people have named their pets. They named their pets like Joey Dawson. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hysterical to me. Come here, Pacey. Come here. <laughs> yeah. Dinner. No, for real. <laughs> Well, so uh, one more thing, uh, Nicole, uh, you have, uh, you work with a, an organization called Adopt Me Rescue. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. You know, I actually just recently, um, I did, they had a, um, a fundraiser um, here in, in LA and I went in as their little, uh, little special guest, um, it, which is, which is uh, bingo. I got to play a bunch of bingo rounds and I got to call up the numbers, but it was, um, it was to benefit Adopt Me Rescue, which is a fantastic um animal rescue um, foundation that uh, basically helps, you know, house find, find forever homes for awesome. animals that, that need them. Yeah. Cause it's the homeless animal rate um, specifically dogs. I mean, cats too, but dogs out here, I mean, there's just so, there's so many of them and it's just so sad. It's so heartbreaking and every animal, you know, all these incredible dogs and cats, they all deserve homes. You know, I'm, I personally am not a big cat person, but I don't want to see any animal homeless, you know? Yeah, I mean, I work with the SPCA, and by the time I finish my shift, I just want to take all the dogs home and, like, yep. just, you know, love them and, and let them know that they have someone that, you know, wants to bring them in. But it's hard. It's such a sad situation just here in the U.S., you know, uh, how many strays oh, and I mean, it, abandoned it's pets. everywhere. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's so heartbreaking because, 
you can see it in their eyes. You, you can tell in their behavior. These animals have issues, because, and it's not their fault, but they've got it because of, you know, they, they experience anxiety. They experience sadness. They just want to be loved, you know, yeah. and, and you, you think about it and like, no, they experience a lot of the same human emotions that we experience. Like, can you imagine not having a home you're stuck behind a cage and, oh. and all you really want is someone to love you. It's like, yeah, we all ultimately all just really want to be loved. It can, and if you put yourself in that, that situation, it, you just, you just want to cry. You I just want to cry. Cause you're like, Oh, these poor, they're so innocent. You know, and I feel like we should put the humans in those same situations that they put these animals in. So they would know what it feels like. I'm so, I'm such an yeah. advocate for these animals, how they're tortured and, and abandoned and neglected. I just feel like we should let these humans feel like what that feels like. And I think that would control the situation, but I'm a harsh person and <laughs> my attitude comes out when you start talking about this. <laughs> you, know, you know what the worst is, you know, what I can fall into is, is I, I mean, I'll go on Instagram and I watch all the videos. I'll watch all the animal oh, videos, right. Of, of all the shelters and, Oh my God. It's so, and I literally get depressed and I start crying and I watch all these videos of these poor dogs. I'm just going to use dogs as an example. I literally, they literally have security surveillance cameras of people leaving their dog, abandoning them on the side of roads. Oh, we and have they, it and here they're in Houston. Caught. They're being caught. Good. Oh, it's the most, it is the most depressing, heart wrenching scenario to watch and I'm like how can someone do that I'm like and I sit there and I go no no I just start crying I'm like why do I do this to myself but I have to watch it, it's so it's, it's real. so sad and oh or you see you see the you know thank god for the rescue foundations that go out there and specifically seek out these yeah. homeless animals and they'll find puppies in boxes under underneath bridges or like you know in in dirt roads and hiding under bushes and they've just been abandoned and you're yeah. just like, Oh my God. Or you find them, you know, having been brutally beaten and I can't, I can't handle those. Like those are just, yeah, it's hard. or they're tight. They've been tied up, locked up out outside, you know, uh, tied up to a tree or oh, stuck in a yeah. cage for 10, 15 years. They've had no life. And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, Jerry, do you have anything to ask Nikki before I give her the, the special question of the day? <laughs> uh well i i i'm, I'm kind of trying to bring myself back up now emotionally after that because I, <laughs> that, that was a little uh, that was a bit of a downer <laughs> sorry yeah. everyone <laughs> but we're here to help so but we're, we're advocates so this is a good situation exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I think we're ready for the question of the day vicky okay nikki we always ask a special question to our guests and you i picked out this one because you're so funny and um we'll see uh we'll see how you answer this um Let's see. Uh, what set of items could you buy that would make the cashier the most uncomfortable? <laughs> what set of items I would buy that would make the cashier that, oh God, you have no idea where I could go with this. Go, go with it, girl. Go t put your Texan attitude in there and just tell me. <laughs> I, I tell just want to say... I just want to say we've officially found a way to shift the mood drastically. <laughs> You're welcome, Jerry. So, <laughs> Jerry, is this, you guys, is this, what, what rating, what rating is, is this show? Is this a... It's our a show. It's our show. Is this a... No. I think we're pretty adult rated, right, Jerry? Uh, you, we've got the freedom. Go, go where you yeah. need to go, and we can handle it. 
I tell you what, okay, I'm going to say this and just not tell my parents I did this interview. <laughs> um, I like her so much, Jerry. Me too now. <laughs> you know, that it would make the cashier the most uncomfortable. Well, I'm going to give two answers. I'm going to say one answer, like say if I'm at the grocery store, uh-huh. like, a, like a common everyday store, we've got a male, I'll specifically go to like a male cashier and you're just buying tampons. Advil and then you know um anything that that can that guys like but but like that's all you have it's not like you've got like you know apples in there and like you know a chicken that you're you know what I mean like you're going there just for tampons and then you got it like maybe they're throwing in like you know those those bath wipes you know because you got to keep it clean and tidy so like you've got you've got your you've got your yeah you've got your bath wipes your your um your tampons um you know, make, why not throw in a douche in there just because, just to make, and I'll go specifically just to a male cashier and that's all I've got. And they're like, he, uh, okay. <laughs> it's amazing. They, they keep their head down and they're and like, they okay, touch, that'll be 1275. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll be 1275. Um, but you know, but then the other one, I guess is not that bad. I was going to say, God, every girl needs a great toy. Like, you know, a sex toy, like whether it's a little vibrator or, you know what I have? I actually have. You it go, looks girl. Like, oh my gosh. It yes. Looks, <laughs> it looks like a lipstick. It literally, so like, it's very non-conspicuous. Like it looks like a lipstick, but it's not a lipstick. <laughs> a you turn, you twist it at the bottom <laughs> and it starts vibrating. And nice. yeah, yeah. And then you, then you have to put the batteries in there too, right? So he has to scan the batteries. Oh, oh girl, the battery's already in there, honey. <laughs> oh. I don't mess around. The battery's already in there. So it's like, it's one of those, you know, you're like, this is just, just get, buy my little lipstick for the day, you know? And it's, it's That's yeah. Funny. But I, yeah, you have to. Why not? Nice. Um, gosh. I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything here. So go ahead, go Jerry. Go ahead. Uh, I, was, I, I mean, look, the question that comes to my mind is, uh, how often is are these purchases taking place? Which means how 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 quickly does one blow through these things? I, I really don't know about that side of There's it. There's probably so. a, a sale every two weeks at these stores. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That and, and you know what? And here's the thing: is like you can never have too many toys. Amen, sister. <laughs> right. So it's not it's not about it's not about throwing them out or blowing through them. It's about adding to your collection. <laughs> I think yeah, we just positive, found the, that's a positive outlook. I think we I, just found the title for this episode, Vicky. You can never have too many toys. I think that's perfect. Jerry. Oh, that's a good one. That's a that, good one. We're sticking because, with it. Because Nikki Bilderback likes to play. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even better. Very good. Nikki, where can we find you where people can go and find out your latest projects and follow you with your new pilot and just all the projects oh, that you're yes. coming up? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I also want to mention, I, I also, in addition to Brooklyn Nine-Nine on NBC, um, I also have, um, you can currently stream on Netflix, um, uh, my movie, which is a thriller titled Staged Killer. Awesome. Um, so that is available on Netflix right now. And um, you can check out my website, which is NicoleBilderbackOfficial.com. And then you can always stay updated on everything um, on my social media, which um, on Facebook, I'm just Nikki Bilderback. And then on uh, Instagram and Twitter, although I kind of 
been lazy and suck at Twitter, but, um, <laughs> but I'm great, fantastic at, on Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, at, um, those are at Lady, Bil- at Lady Builderback. Gosh, Nikki, you have been so much fun and a pleasure to get to know. And I am your biggest fan. And I look forward to watching you on Brooklyn Nine-Nine in January. And um, it's just my, a girl of my own heart, being from Texas and a Dallas Cowboy fan. We are friends forever. <laughs> I have had a blast. I always love doing, these are always so much, with Jerry, you never know what's going to happen. But like, I love the fact <laughs> that he teamed up with you because, because the thought of, of Jerry teaming up with a world, you know, with a world wrestling, with a female world wrestler, <laughs> like this is just incredible to me. And it's so cool because by the way, I have to say, so I'm not as updated on, you know, the more recent years in the wrestling world. However, mm-hmm. back in the day when I was a kid, me and my older brothers, every Sunday, we, after church, we'd rush home, change, our, change out of our church clothes, and rush to the TV, and we turn on wrestling, and it was like this obsession that we had. I was so obsessed with. Do you do you remember the Von Erich brothers? Oh, I was in love with them. Oh, I had a crush on Kevin Von Erich. Oh, I was gonna yes. marry him. Oh my gosh, he was hot. Oh he my, he was you, hot. You know, I dated my first husband because he was a wrestler, and I thought this is how I'm gonna get to the Von Erichs is dating Eddie, and it was. It was such a <laughs> <laughs> and the, the 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 truth of it was, I ended up falling in love with Eddie and forgot about the Von Erics. But yeah, that was my plan, and it was a horrible plan, but it was a good plan. <laughs> exactly. It, it was, you know, it was a, it was a logical, smart plan. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Anything you want to say, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, well, I do want to say just one thing. First of all, Nikki, so cool to have to talk to you again, and uh, I'm glad that you guys can connect and be the spiritual soulmates that you're always meant to be. Um, I also want to mention your Instagram and your social media in general. I do want to encourage people to follow that because you are so cool about posting like pictures of like different roles you've had over the years. It's like, it's like a a cosplay almost because (laughs) given day you could see Nikki as a police, uh, a police officer or like a, uh, or being undressed. Yeah. Yeah, She's dressed in one of them. Behind like a, say, a behind a cover, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like a bondage. You never, you basically never know what you're going to get with me, and 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 that's the fun of it. Is like I like to mix it up. I like to be, I like to be funny with it always, and and you know it's one of those that you know, it's it's one. Of course, you you, you promote current or recent projects or upcoming projects, but like it's always fun to do the blast from the past project as well because you know yeah. people can forget and they're like, oh my god, yeah. it was on that show oh my god I remember that episode from 10 years ago yeah yeah oh gosh Nikki I you just inspire me and keep on moving forward because you're you're just a great inspiration for women and I wish you so much success and luck and lots of happiness and it's such a pleasure to have you on our show and um me and Jerry are just so honored oh thank you know what I truly appreciate all your support this has been so much fun and, uh, and it's, it's always a blast to talk with you, Jerry. And you know what, Vicki? I hope I get to chat with you again as well. And thank you so much, everyone out there who's listening. Um, and uh, I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, Nikki. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, Jerry. <laughs> Bye. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 
All right, we are here, and I'll tell you what, there is danger in the air. We have got probably our most courageous guest yet on this show right now. <laughs> she is in the middle of a California fire. She is starving. There is an earthquake possibly coming. <laughs> this is like every movie that The Rock has starred in all in one here this week with our friend and yours. You know her from Baywatch and you admire her for all the other hundreds of things she's been doing since. Alexandra <laughs> Paul, how are you? Hi, Jerry. Hi, Vicki. I'm, I'm well, thank you. I'm grateful. Oh my gosh, with just your life, Alexandra, you're gonna bring us some good ratings, so we're gonna, we're gonna support you for life. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alexandra, I just wanna say that, you know, all I knew about you was that you were first on Baywatch because all my brothers love the Baywatch women. I mean, they, I, I remember my brothers having all the posters, but when I started looking at your website, oh my gosh, like you're such an incredible woman for standing for your beliefs and your activism roles. I am, I just, I'm very honored to have you on my, on my show. And I told you that before we, we went on air, but Jerry, I mean, when Jerry, you let us, you know, I had this beautiful woman come on our show and I'm really, truly grateful because you stand for so many good things in our life. Well, thank you so much, Vicki. That's very kind of you. I'm honored to be on your show. Well, thank you. You know, I'm a wrestler and that's how I started, you know, Jerry interviewed me. And so he got me into podcasting and um, I, I'm also an actress too, but you have been in some awesome movies. Like, you know, you're in Baywatch and then in Christine, which I don't watch horror because I'm a, I'm a big baby when the lights go down and the night starts coming up you know, the, the night appears, I'm a big baby. And if I see a scary movie, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the biggest wimp you'll ever find, you know, with my head under the pillow. <laughs> so, yeah, are, are you, I understand. <laughs> are you still? I don't go to horror films either. Oh, really? <laughs> are you still no. involved with the acting at all? Yes, I am actually. Um, I have shot three films this year. Uh, one is a lifetime movie. Um, called, wow, they keep changing the name. It was called Runaways. Um, and now I've forgotten the name, but it will be out soon enough. Um, I've starred in 14 events. So this is my 15th Lifetime movie that, I'm, that, I've, um, that I've been in. I really love shooting them. And then, um, and then I shot another couple independent movies. Wow. I love Lifetime Channel. I love their channel. Do you watch it, Jerry? Probably not, right, Jerry? Uh, I, I <laughs> I know of it, but I am curious about something, Alexandra. <laughs> what is the pacing for uh, shooting a Lifetime movie versus other kinds? You always dreamed about owning your first house or driving that special car or opening that business. Unfortunately, you also had nightmares. Introducing the May Only My Good Dreams Come True policy from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The movies, because it seems like they put out so much content all yeah. year long. Like, how fast do you, is that process for a whole movie? I'll, I'll give you an example for when I, my first movie that went to Lifetime, I think it went to Lifetime. It was in 1991 or 1992, and it took four to five weeks to shoot. 
Now I've done a lifetime movie in 10 days. Wow. 10 working days. So a a lot of it is because of no longer shooting on film. You're shooting on digital, which is much faster. Um, And they just, I think the technology has just really helped there. Wow. That's incredible. Um, You know, so I'm, you know, looking at your website, Alexandra, you are just, you're an amazing woman. I don't know how you find it in your day to keep up with all of your activities. <laughs> you know, um, just, uh, I, I know that I read your website in 2005, you were honored by the ACLU, ACLU of Southern California as the activist of the year. Um, I, I'm so impressed by the different things that, that you stand for. And one of them was that I, that I was drawn to was, um, you know, cruelty-free to animals, you know, treating animals with respect. I saw a lot of your videos, you know, where you were arrested and standing for like the slaughterhouse and the, and with the chickens and you are, that's amazing to me. Tell me more about your work and, and what, what have you done lately that's, that's continuing your cause? Well, I became a vegetarian when I was 14 uh, because I read a book called um, Diet for a Small Planet, and it, it was an environmental case for giving up meat. Uh, and then a few years later, I read a book by Peter Singer called, um, oh my gosh, it's, uh, I've forgotten it right now. Peter Singer is a philosopher who works at Princeton, an ethicist who uh, works at Princeton University. And I read his book on animals and then I stopped um, wearing all makeup and things, pets on animals. I was still a teenager, so I didn't have, I didn't wear makeup then, but I did use shampoos and stuff. So I just gave those, uh, you know, up um, that were tested on animals. And then in my 20s, I gave up wearing animals. So leather, wool, and silk, um, because I became more educated um, about the fact that, for example, just because an animal is not killed, um, as in the case of wool and silk, it doesn't mean that it's living a happy life. It can actually have an even more torturous life. Um, oh and then, then I became, nine years ago, I actually became a full-fledged vegan, which uh, means that I, I don't eat, wear, or use anything that comes from an animal. And I don't, in my acting, I don't uh, work with animals. Um, I wow, might work with a dog incredible. or a cat if they are domesticated, but not if they're, they're trained and they spend their life working, um, for humans. That's incredible. And I don't ride horses yeah. anymore. I used to ride oh. horses when I was younger. I, I just have a totally different view. It's like when I became vegan and gay, even though I'd been vegetarian and I hadn't worn, you know, animals for so long. And I, you know, had, I had a clause in my contract since I was 23 saying that the makeup couldn't be tested on animals. Um, when I actually became fully vegan and gave up dairy, I, I, I just, my heart, it was like my heart cracked open and my eyes, I started seeing all the injustice and speciesism in the, in the world. And I became more focused on animal rights issues um, than ever before, because it seemed like it needed me it needs, it needs me. <laughs> the, so, the electric yeah. car movement, which I was very involved in, in the, um, 2000, in the early 2000s and 90s, it doesn't need me anymore. Cars are becoming mainstream and the environmental movement has so many folks in it for recycling and things that, so I, I really have been focusing more on, on issues that are, um, considered fringe. I think I can be more helpful there. 
So my activism so, has become more focused on animals. So did you have the support of your family growing up to, to make those choices or were they helping you make those choices and make you aware of that? I, I have a twin, identical twin sister and a, and a brother who's two and a half years younger. I became vegetarian first and um, my parents were supportive. They were worried that I would pass out, I guess, from not getting enough <laughs> iron and, and protein, yeah. but I never did. I was just fine. And um, then my brother became vegan when he was a teenager and he has actually been vegan since he was something like 16. So oh my uh, and my sister is now vegan. Um, so and my sister, actually, she and I both went in and did an open rescue of a calf from a factory farm. And I, um, yeah. my brother has a long history of active animal activism, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I saw your video with the calf and you were petting it and you uh, you said that you're, you couldn't snuggle with it, but you, you wanted to spend all your time there. And I thought that was so sweet because the calf really had an attraction to you. Like he, he could feel like his love towards you. It was a really sweet video. Have you seen that, Jerry, on her website? All the videos of all the I animals? Have. I have yeah. it now, but yeah, oh, now I, so I want to go look at all of it. Yeah, and that was the calf that I rescued with my sister. She was a dairy calf. She was um, in the dairy industry. They people don't realize this, but um, cow cows have to be pregnant to be able to produce all that milk. So cows are impregnated every single year, and then their calves are immediately taken away because they don't. The farmers don't want the system. I don't want to blame this specifically the farmers because it's really a system. The system doesn't want the calves to have that milk because they want to sell that milk to consumers in the stores, humans. Um, and oh so that gosh. calf was, was in a little box taken away from her mother within hours of being born and couldn't move. Basically, you can't take more than two steps in those, those hutches, they're called. And so uh, myself and a group of women went in and we couldn't take all of them, but we did pick one. Her name is Rosalind. You can look up the video. I think if you Google Alexandra Paul, yeah, <laughs> something like that, DXE. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and so we, we, uh, she's now in a sanctuary um, and she's big. I'm going to see her actually next month. Oh <laughs> so my I'm excited. Gosh. Well, you know, I've, yeah. I volunteer for the SPCA and the shelter is just, it's heartbreaking, you know, what these people do to these animals, you know, and, and, and bringing them in. You just, I want to, you know, my husband tells me you can't bring anything else home because you keep bringing, you know, animals home. But mm -hmm. it, it's so hard because you just want to rescue all of them and give them that love. And, you know, when I leave them at the shelter, it's heartbreaking and it's sad because you know that they're going to be alone that night. And it's just a, it's overpopulated. I mean, there's just so many strays and, and animals that are abandoned and neglected. And I, I feel your love for these animals. I, I just commend you on you being so, um, have so much courage and strength to, to have a voice, you know, with these animals. Um, you know, it's I want to encourage your audience to help the situation. You mentioned uh, that there's so many of these animals in shelters, but to never buy an animal. Uh, from a breeder, from a pet store, because there's so many animals in these shelters. And when you buy animals from people, not only is it wrong to buy a creature because we don't mm -hmm. own that animal, but it encourages the breeders to continue to breed. And that in itself is a very, very cool industry. 
once again, the mothers are just basically baby makers and um, it's, it's a terrible, terrible industry. So well, and audience, it's obvious, please yeah. don't, 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 uh, don't buy or, uh, uh, an animal from a pet store or from uh, there. You can go to, uh, if you want a specific dog or cat, you can find rescues that specifically rescue those kinds of animals. And uh, that's a good way to go. Or the internet pet finder is a great um, site. That's true. And, you know, just the hashtag adopt, don't shop, you know, that's really important for people to, you know, to learn because, you know, these pet stores are just, it kills me to walk in there and just see them. I, I get irritated, you know, and um, it's hard to rescue all of them, but it's, I, I love your message, you know, to share with our audience. And that's why I was so excited to have you on the show because you have such a great message. And um, Jerry, did you want to ask anything before I, I take over? <laughs> well, I mean, I, this is this is all really inspiring stuff as it always it is. is talking to you alexandra um i'm curious about the other side of veganism because you're talking about sort of the effect that it's had on your heart and your outlook about animals and such but of course there's obviously the part that affects just the way you feel your health um that's what now, i want to know too yeah and, and, and personally vicky you know you've been around athletics i know that you're very health and fitness minded I am not very knowledgeable about all that stuff. And I'm curious, like for somebody like me who just doesn't have a real keen sense of, of anything related to health and fitness, quite honestly, how do you yeah. sell veganism to me? How does veganism make you feel differently or better on a day-to-day -day basis than just a normal, uh, you know, everyday diet that includes meat and, and the That's other thing? That's a things. good question. Good yeah. question. Well, for one thing, I never try and sell veganism because I feel like if I tried to sell it to you, Jerry, that you'd, you'd feel just like you would if a car salesman was pushing a car you didn't really want on you. Um, okay. you'd, you'd sort of recoil. <laughs> but I, yeah. I will tell you what, I will, I, I'll give you my experience and offer up maybe some ideas of, um, of uh, videos, uh, movies online that you can watch that can be really inspirational and maybe it can touch you, your, it'll touch you somewhere um, okay. because there's so many different reasons to go vegan. One, one thing that um, I want to say is that anybody who wants to make a change, it's best to make it in small increments. So what I tell people is just give up what that is an animal product that you don't really like. Like if you really don't like chicken, then don't eat it because the chicken suffered and died for you and it's disrespectful for you just to go, uh, I kind of, mm, I'll leave this. I'm not really hungry anymore. I don't really want to eat this. You know, it's just, it's not right. And, and so take the low hanging fruit, if I could use a, a food analogy, uh, and, um, and, and get rid of that from your diet. And milk is a really good one because there's so many great substitutes. Um, and like what would they be? Like what's a substitute for milk? Cause I like milk and I, you know, it's Jerry loves cereal. You know, so I mean, that would be something that, you know, my kids grew up on cereal, but I don't have the knowledge. So what's, what's bad about the milk, you know, that you can share with our audience? Well, um, over 70% of humans have an intolerance to cow's milk um, because we're really not supposed to be drinking the, the milk of another species. No species on the planet drinks the milk of another species except for man. Uh, no species on the planet drinks mother's milk 
from their own species after weaning. And Jerry, if I told you, Jerry, just go to your neighbor, your pregnant neighbor, and just get some of her breast milk for your cereal. You would be thoroughly disgusted. Yeah, I but yet, we're, totally fine. We're, we're, we're totally fine with drinking the breast milk of another species, which is totally weird if you think about it, right? Yeah. Um, and the truth is the makeup of milk is supposed to be for that baby only, specifically, not another person from a, a creature from another species. Cow's milk, if you look at the makeup of it, is very different from mother's, uh, human mother's milk. So that's, uh, cow's milk is meant to bring a calf from who's born at maybe 85 pounds to 600 pounds really fast. So oh that's a really, if you think about that, we humans, we don't want that. And when I was working on a movie uh, where I played, had to, I played a bodybuilder, and um, I wasn't a bodybuilder. And I had to get to look like a bodybuilder in five weeks. My trainer, who is Franco Colombo, I don't know, Vicky, if you're familiar with him, because wrestling and bodybuilding, you all. Um, yeah, yeah. Are, it sounds familiar. So he was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's training partner. He passed away. About oh, yes. Okay. But uh, Franco, and he was Mr. Universe, and he's an amazing person. Well, the first thing he did with me was say, get off dairy, because it gives you an extra layer of fat underneath your skin. So this was 25 years ago. Um, and so dairy is an unnatural, it's, it's unnatural for adults of any species to be drinking milk and especially adults to be drinking milk from another species. Um, and I hope maybe dairy, that, that is something that would, would affect, you know, help you. Um, I'm I'm thoroughly grossed out right now, so yes, I don't want milk or anything else. You know, Alexandra, <laughs> some of the great substitutes are um, almond milk. If you like, if you like okay. milk, almond milk that's vanilla unsweetened almond milk is a is a pretty okay substitute. It's not as um, thick, so I like Ripple, which is that's the brand name, and it's a pea milk, and also has a lot of protein in it for people who worry about protein, and it has a thickness to it. Um, so, and soy milk also. Now, what's interesting is that people freak out about eating soy because they don't want to get estrogenized, feminized. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, especially, you know, big, those wrestlers, Vicky and, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, bodybuilders and pretty much any man doesn't want to get estrogenized. And, um, yet the milk that they're drinking is from a pregnant cow and that cow has a lot of estrogen. So, oh my um, gosh. This, just a note about some of the things that we, and I totally understand because for years and years and years, I didn't understand about milk and how unnatural it is. And it's really quite, to me, discriminatory. If you care about people of color, you will, you will, you will be dis thoroughly disgusted with our government who pushes milk in school, yeah. pushes kids to drink milk. Even though 95% of Asians have a intolerance to it, something like 75% of African Americans have an intolerance to it, and the same, almost the same percentage of people of Hispanic descent. So it's uh, it's only Caucasians that r really do well with milk, which is probably why it's been pushed so much. Because peanuts were kicked out of everything as soon as it yeah. people got started getting sick from them. So. Even as a um, 
as a social justice movement, milk is not good. So, so care was, about that. Yeah. You know, I have a question for you because, you know, I just turned 51. And so my OBGYN is always saying, you know, stay on dairy because of osteoporosis, you know, you know, eat your cheeses, drink your milk, you know, because they're good for your bones. So with knowing what I've just learned from you with milk products, what is good for women to, to have, you know, and, and to take place of having milk and the cheese and the dairy products and the yogurt, you know, what, what do you suggest, you know, because that's something that concerns me is, you know, make sure that I have good bones as I'm getting older. You know, one of the interesting theories, and I'm not a doctor, and I'm not even mm -hmm. a certified nutritionist, I'm, I'm a health coach, so I don't have a certification in nutrition, even though I have, um, I have a couple of certifications, I don't have a degree in nutrition. Okay. So one of the feelings about milk is that because it's highly acidic on the body, it actually pulls calcium from the bones. And, and studies have shown that women from milk drinking countries have higher rates of osteoporosis. Now, that might be because women from milk drinking companies are also, countries are also doing other things uh, that, that might be hurting their bones, maybe not exercising enough, which is another way to strengthen our bones is doing um, weight bearing. So walking, um, mm -hmm. jumping, lifting heavy weights, that helps our bones. Um, but studies have shown that, for example, in Japan, they don't have the, the hip fracture issues that we do, um, mm -hmm. and they don't need, drink nearly as much milk. So there are other things uh, that have a lot of um, calcium in it, beans and greens, uh, leafy greens, that will do really, not only help you in other ways, but will also bring up your calcium. And if you're worried, you can take a calcium supplement. But gosh, yeah. you know, a lot of doctors are not recommending that anymore. So, wow. um, I don't have a good doctor. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, it's, it's, you know what you have is probably, a you know, in, in what also people don't know that I've been learning because I have been interviewing doctors for my podcast, Switch for Good, is uh -huh. that doctors only get about five hours of nutrition in, their med in medical school. And so they don't get nutrition. If you go to a nutritionist, they could help you much more. And if you tell that nutritionist that you don't want to eat dairy for uh, reasons of cruelty or for the environment um, or for just you just don't feel it's healthy, then I'm sure they'd be able to help you. But watch the film Forks Over Knives. Uh, it's available on Netflix and probably quite um, pervasive on the net. Um, okay. But Forks Over Knives is a good one or... I think what the health might also give some really good reasons to give wow. up dairy. That, uh, that's, um, that's interesting to me. Thank you so much for, for letting me know that. Speaking of your podcast, is it, is it out right now or are you, are you taping or what's the, what's the status of that? Um, yeah, I, I, my podcast is called switch and then the digit for good switch for good. And okay. my podcast host is Dotsie Bao. She's an, a vegan Olympic cyclist. She won a silver medal for us in the, in the London Games. And it, we basically talk about the benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. And we interview doctors, nutritionists, athletes, activists. And we, gosh, we've been out since February 2019. I think we've, we've taped about 50, 50 shows, 52 shows now. 
Wow. And, yeah. Wow. So I think about so, 40 of them have aired. I'm, I'm, we're far ahead. <laughs> I'm oh, very organized awesome. and so is she. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything, Jerry, you want to ask? Yeah, I want to know how you got so organized. We are way behind you. <laughs> I know. I feel tired just thinking 50 episodes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Another well, reason you know, you're our when hero. I have a... <laughs> um, well, you know, Dotsie, my co-host, she's, you know, she's an Olympian. So as an athlete, Vicki, I'm sure you know this. Um, certain athletes are very driven. And Dotsie is one of them, so she matches my type A personality. <laughs> well, I saw the I saw the photo of y'all on your website, and, and y'all are both beautiful and so inspiring. To I couldn't wait to listen to you know to listen to your message and you know just everything you're involved in is just uh, I'm inspired by you today. I really am. Thank you. We're interviewing a, actually um, we're interviewing a wrestler, Tyler Bate, because he's oh. a vegan. Um, oh, he's a British wrestler in the wwe yeah oh my gosh yeah. small world yeah i know i know <laughs> oh my so gosh. i was interested in yeah and he's well, one of a few you know uh austin aries is one there's a few very notable very public vegans in the pro wrestling world which is i mean it, you know better than anybody vicky the the physical rigors of that job and uh yeah that's a great testament to what kind of physical condition and you can have and maintain uh it, when, Strength, when you yeah. have a vegan lifestyle yeah yeah even Celeste Bonin I mean she just turned vegan like I think a year ago and she looks amazing her she said her skin cleared she had a, her her mind was even had clarity and that's something I don't understand but I, I haven't turned vegan but it's so interesting to hear what people are saying and maybe because it, it's I don't have the support around me to turn vegan that's really hard you know, um, I have a Mexican family. And so my aunts are always, you know, making the food, you know, and there's always that culture that's around me. But Celeste told me that her clarity is just amazing. Like she can think better and she sleeps better. And um, that's just, and, you know, speaking to you, Alexandra, just uh, God's telling me something like, okay, Vicki, <laughs> how much more do you need in your face? <laughs> you know, but um, it's just Well, Vicki, what I would suggest would be, for you to maybe just start with maybe your breakfast and yeah, sometimes you'll go over to your family and your diet will go off the rails. That happens to everybody. Um, okay. I mean, most of us vegans, we don't become non-vegan, but some people do. Some people are vegan as much as they can and then they're not for a few days. And that's okay because that still helps a lot of animals, still helps yeah. the planet because the um, animal industry is the number one emitter of greenhouse gases. Um, and it will help your health. So just maybe look at one wow. meal a day, um, the, your breakfast, and try and um, look, you know, concentrate on the, because people actually usually eat the same breakfast every day. So that's sometimes yeah. something that can be easy, like just get into a groove and then slowly start substituting um, the milk, the butter uh, for non-milk non butter, uh, some of the uh the beyond meat sausages i don't know if you've had those but they're really good um okay they're beyond meat burgers i'll bet your kids won't even know the difference if you didn't tell them they wouldn't say a thing well it's funny because you know burger king like uh, introduced the plant-based burger and you know everyone in the room was like oh that's so gross and I, you know but you don't know until you try it you know and my neighbor tried it she's like 
you would never have known the difference if it was beef or plant-based. Yeah. So it's just, it's yeah. incredible. It's in a whole new world of knowledge, you know, of what, of what's out there to help us. Um, it's just, it's, it's interesting. And I think that in 20 years, people will look back just like we looked back and we were, you know, we're shocked at how we treated gays, people of color. Right. And I know we're not perfect still on, do, on either of those fronts, but we're still shocked at the general idea. I think people in 20 years are going to be shocked at how we treated animals. And yeah, they're, I um, agree. So, uh, you know. If you love, there's a, there's a great, we actually interviewed her. There's a great book called why we, why we love dogs, eat cow, eat pigs and wear cows. Um, because oh. people who love animals still manage. they love one kind of animal, but then they sort of close their eyes to all the other animals. But yet it doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I see your point. Yeah, I see your point very much so. Um, Wow. Jerry, do you have anything um, for Alexandra before I give her the, the funny question of the night? Uh, well, I mean, I, I just wanted to say, Alexandra, that, you know, I have two small kids and I think that you can tell just by their kind of innocence and, you know, telling them certain things because we, we are meat eaters, but them just kind of forgetting that what they eat is actually animals. And then when, you know, they're told what they're eating, their reaction is kind of maybe the reaction we all should be looking for because yeah. you know, we're all just so kind of used to it, but they're like, Oh, like the, the shock and just the disgust of that knowledge. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's something that we should kind of hold on to and, and keep in mind because that's like maybe the true human feelings and reaction that we should, uh, we should all be feeling. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And if you, um, when you think about it, we say beef, we don't say cow. You're eating cow, we say beef. We don't mm -hmm. say pig, we say pork. So we kind of, we kind of dress it up and hide it a bit. Uh, but I want to yeah. just say one thing for folks who might think about uh, turning vegan, and uh, it's a mistake a lot of people made, I did, um, is that becoming a junk food vegan is not healthy. So the, having a, that's why when, Vicki, you use the term plant-based, that's probably a healthier way to look at it. Because you can definitely become Oreos are vegan, Twinkies are vegan. You know, vegan means no animal products inside it. So um, for folks who might be thinking of starting to get rid of some of the animal products, it's important that they add in more vegetables and fruits, fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, fresh grains, um, potatoes. I love potatoes. Americans should not be afraid. The only carbs they should be afraid of are processed carbs. And um, so unprocessed starches are really, really good for you. So I just want to encourage folks to, um, you know, look at forks over knives, read some books, follow Chef AJ is a wonderful person to follow. She, okay. Vicki, you might be interested in actually going to her um, site. She, cause she was 52 when she lost 50, 50 pounds or something. And, you know, women and I'm 56. And so it's not easy to lose weight after menopause. And she yeah. did it. And, and she did it, but she'd been vegan for years. So it wasn't about the vegan. It was about eating healthily. Um, yeah. And so she's a, she's a really good person to, uh, to follow. So the rule of thumb is if anything that's grown by a plant, that's the healthy way of, of living, you know, um, like the fruits and the potatoes and, you know, the vegetables, 
and and just uh is that a good you know point of view like to start you know like when you go to the grocery store you get away from the refrigerator and you get away from the freezer and, and start looking at the produce section yeah, the produce section, they say stay on the outside of the store. Um, so the meat section is usually on the outside too, right? But yeah, right. Um, yeah, where the fresh fruits and vegetables are, the rices, the less packaging. If you look at, um, if you look at ingredients and there's more than five ingredients, probably, and, and you can't pronounce one of them yeah. or any of them, probably <laughs> yeah. better not to buy that, right? And, yeah, and I, I'm not a purist, point. you know? So... Um, I had Ben and Jerry's non-dairy cookie dough ice cream last night. So I'm no purist, but it's just about putting more, more vegetables and fruits and potatoes and uh, grains and nuts and beans, hummus, legumes yeah. in, into your life and, and, and expanding your repertoire instead of just having meat and some, a little bit of side of salad or something. I don't know what, what regular folks you know, the, the regular American diet is, is actually quite limited. But when yeah. you, when you know, just start looking at all the unprocessed things, it takes a little planning in the beginning. It's not, a, it's not easy, but no change is easy, but it's well worthwhile. Yeah. Well, gosh, Alexandra, I really appreciate all your knowledge. I mean, I, I love your website. I love everything you stand for and just your, um, the way your your healthy living is an inspiration to me, and it makes me look at things I need to improve on because um, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure you're doing a lot of really wonderful things for your health. Oh, so don't beat yourself you. up. Oh well, yeah. thank you, um, Jerry. Do you have anything before we do the funny question of the night? Uh, no, I think we should do the funny question of the night. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> uh -oh. Alexander, no, it's just, just something really funny and short and sweet. Um, as far as the toilet paper in your house, is it over or under? Oh, I love this. I love it. I have strong <laughs> feelings about this, Vicki. Oh, it's good. over. Yes. Over. See, I, and, I loved you. <laughs> and... I, I will turn it over when I'm at somebody's house or even <laughs> not so much at the public house, but I will. I did that actually just a couple of weeks at my sister's house. Now, did you know that Ann Landers had a poll? I mean, you and I are of the age where we might have read Ann Landers. Yeah, I loved her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and she had a poll. She got more responses to that. I guess somebody wrote in and she got more responses to that than any other letter and issue that somebody wrote in about. And I guess, I think the consensus was over. Tell me why you like over. You know, because you can tear the paper a lot easier. And I just think that it gets, I, I hate, maybe it's just because I need to see where it's torn off because you don't waste that much. I think that when it's under, people kind of roll it down and you waste more paper because you can't stop it in time. Um, and, and so me and my husband fight over this and he'll put it under and then I'll go and change it over. And he's like, stop changing. And I'm like, no, it's my house. I will do what I want with the toilet paper. I mean, it's a fight with us constantly. But I just think it's just um, something that's my pet peeve. Everywhere I go, it has to be over. I'm yeah. with you, sister. Okay. I'm with see, you. See, Jerry, you, you get the best guest for our show. Like, see, I, I, that's why I, I like her. I but, know. We're, we're talking about a lot of important things this week. We covered yes. some, some major grants. Yeah, we did. Alexandra, I wish you so much success. And 
thank you for your time. And we hope that you're safe with the fires and um, anything you need, please reach out to Jerry and I, and we, you know, we appreciate your time. Wait a sec. I got to say one oh, thing here you. because Alexandra, you and I have, have done interviews before where you've talked about some of your amazing feats of strength, which we didn't get a chance to get to this time. I remember you swimming eight miles across a body I know, of water. I, I know. I, I read that so, too. So I expect that you're about to head out there into those fires out, out on the <laughs> West Coast and single-handedly put everything out all by yourself. That's what's happening. That's very funny. That. Well, Jerry, Jerry, my identical twin sister was a firefighter, and my brother is a wildland firefighter, but I miss the fire gene. I am actually terrified of fire, so I'm, I don't mean to disappoint you. But, <laughs> but you're kind of close, but then way off the mark also. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, you could sit well, this one out. <laughs> Thank you, Alexandra. And, um, yes, and good luck with your podcast. It's, it's just such a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, and same to you too. And we'll be listening for um, Switch for Good. Thank you, Alexandra, Paul, and have a, have a blessed night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Alexandra. Bye, Jerry. Well, Vicki, this was a bit of a different excuse me <laughs> this week. We stepped outside of our comfort zone. We stepped outside of the wrestling world. And we've said from the beginning, we wanted to explore other areas of the world, other areas of entertainment. And today, I think we did it with two big stars of the big and small screen. Absolutely. Nikki is hilarious. I mean, her, you know, we asked a funny question, you know, what two items, you know, that she would uh, check out at the checkout counter and just give the, you know, the attendant, you know, some, some puzzle looks and her, she's funny. I mean, that was pretty hilarious, but she wanted to, to buy for those two products together. <laughs> <laughs> those, those women from Texas, man. I mean, I learned it from working with you, but it looks like it's an <laughs> epidemic down there. You guys are honest and it's yeah really I mean, cool. cowboy fans i mean texas you know native born i mean we're, we're good we're all good we're good girls <laughs> together <laughs> well look it's a, it's the kickoff to the holiday season we hope you guys are able to enjoy and celebrate and have a good time with us here this week on excuse me and of course we'll be back next week but we want you to use this time when you're connecting with your friends connecting with your family to share the love and spread the word about the show let's make this show bigger than it ever has been before uh subscribe download catch up on past episodes and follow us on our facebook page and all of vicky's social media yeah and please you know email us at excuse me vicky at outlook.com Guys, we love your support and your feedback, your comments, and the guests that you want to hear. We're working on it, and we're almost ready into 2020, so we have some exciting guests coming up pretty soon. Oh, look, we've uh, taken so much of your guys' time, and we appreciate you hanging with us. This has been our first-ever double feature, and we've had a great time with you. So, Vicki, uh, until next week, you got any parting thoughts for them? Excuse me! Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jump-starting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 
You always dreamed about owning your first house, or driving that special car, or opening that business. Unfortunately, you also had nightmares. Introducing the May Only My Good Dreams Come True policy from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.